Welcome to episode 155 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. All right, before we jump into today's episode, I have a couple of really important announcements. Write this down. All right, two big announcements. This coming Monday, Monday, September 29th, the doors to Fitter After 40 are open. They are open for only five days. If you don't know what Fitter After 40 is, it is my online course. It is the only way to work with me currently. It is an eight-week course designed to help women over 40 lose weight, get strong, and improve their relationship with food. It is headed by me. I have recorded eight modules for you. There are modules about how to set up your nutrition program, how to set up your well, how to set up your workout, and I give you a six-week progressive strength training program. Then we tackle all of the hurdles that get in the way of you getting in your best shape yet in midlife. We talk about lack of sleep. We talk about emotional eating. We talk about menopause hurdles. We talk about belly fat. Why are we having this extra belly fat and what can we do about it? We talk about midlife squeeze. Not only do I teach you about these things, this is a doing program, not a learning program. So I give you action steps for each module and then I help you to do those things. We have eight live coaching calls together as a group, one call each week. I record them all in case you can't make them live. We have an amazing group community uh, where we support one another. And I have small group accountability pods. So you will be paired with other women just like you who will be there to help you keep the commitments you make to yourself so that you can lose weight, build muscle, and improve your relationship with food. I only open this up two times per year. Next week it opens on Monday the 29th. It will be open until Friday night, September 1st at 10 p.m. Closing the doors at 10 p.m. sharp. Okay, that's announcement number one. Get in there. Announcement number two, in conjunction with the launch of uh, Fitter After 40 opening, I am hosting a live masterclass where you can come and learn four no BS secrets of women who've gotten Fitter After 40. I shared with you the results that these women in my course have made, and I teach you how you can make these same results happen in your life. Share with you four secrets. Even if you don't join Fitter After 40, you're going to learn a ton in this class. Three sessions are happening next week, Monday at 1 Eastern, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Wednesday at noon Eastern. You can register for that. I'm going to put the links to both of these things, the link for Fitter After 40 and the link to come to class. At the end of each class, there will be time for a live Q&A. You can ask me anything. And also, I will be showing you more about Fitter After 40 so you can make a really informed decision about is this a good fit for you? Are you a good fit for Fitter After 40? That'll be happening at the end of each of those classes. All right, on to the episode where we are going to be talking about four mindful eating practices for weight loss. Gonna be good. Hello, hello. We're going to start today's episode with a little bit of current events. So you may have heard the announcement, or maybe I'm I'm, I'm sharing this announcement with you, but MyFitnessPal has made a big change um, to their user experience. They will no longer be offering the barcode scanner as part of their free pro plan. So if you know what that is, if you're using MyFitnessPal or any tracking app, you have this handy feature, which really works well for anything that is prepackaged um, 
there's a barcode scanner. You literally just scan that with your phone and it puts all the information in there for you. It is a really handy feature. It's not going to be free anymore on my fitness pal. So this is a big departure. Um, that feature is going to go behind a paywall as of October 1st for current users. Anybody who purchases my fitness pal after September 1st, immediately it's behind a paywall. Okay. So um, what does that mean? What does that mean for you? It can be a real pain to switch apps. Um, if you're already on MyFitnessPal and you've been on there for a while, you have a lot of your food already in there, The you know, just the way you like. Maybe you've put recipes in there. So it's kind of a big deal to move platforms, but that is one option. Um, obviously, if you don't want to move platforms, getting used to not having the scan feature, paying for the um, upgrade are really the options if you want to stick with my fitness pal. Or then, of course, there is the option of moving platforms. I will tell you, there are other really good platforms out there. I'm very familiar with one of them, which is Lose It. It's actually the one that I personally have always used to track calories. It just happened to be the one that I picked up. And so, as I just talked about, once you have your food in there, your favorites in there, your meals in there, your recipes in there. You don't really want to switch. And so I never switched and I really like Lose It. They have a very large database. Um, as of this moment in time, their barcode scanner is part of their free plan. So that is one really good option for you. And incidentally, I just last week bought their premium plan. Last week, the week before, bought their premium program because I've decided um, just in talking with, I'm, and I'll fill you in later more about my heart health issues that I'm having. Um, but with this new season of life where I'm really going to be focusing on heart health, I wanted the feature where you can track the percentage of saturated fat you're at. So you can keep it under a certain percent each day. And that's one of their premium features. So I did just buy it and it was $40 for the whole year. Um, my fitness pals price for the entire year is double. It's 80 bucks a year for to get the premium version of my fitness pal. So that's, that's a big difference. Um, double the price. Another option, if you do, if you're like, okay, maybe lose it. What else is out there? The other one that I'm aware of, and I've only ever seen it in print, so I'm not sure which way you pronounce this word. It's either chronometer or chronometer. I think it's chronometer. It's another one um, that's highly rated. I've heard only good things about it. I've never personally used that platform, but I did check to see they do have a very large database, and their barcode scanner option is that feature is part of their free plan for now. Who knows, maybe all of these services are gonna put that barcode uh, feature behind a paywall since my fitness pal did um, to be determined. But there are some things um, some things to think about. I do think it's a handy feature to have, um, but not, not a must, not a must. Remember, probably the easiest way, the best way to make tracking easier is to not snack so much. Because no matter whether you can scan something or not, if you're only eating three meals and one snack a day or three meals and two snacks a day at most, that makes it so much easier to track whether you have a barcode scanner or not. Where it gets tricky is if you're like a little bite here, a little bite there, and all of a sudden you've got seven, eight, nine, 10 eating incidences a day, that does make tracking feel laborious. All right, so that's our bit of current events. On to the topic for today, which are mindful eating practices. We're gonna talk about four mindful eating practices that you can use to either lose weight or to maintain your weight. If you practice these while you're in a weight loss phrase, phrase, not a phrase, 
while you're in a weight loss phase, maintaining your weight is going to be so much easier. I really think it's a, these four things can make the difference between a person being able to maintain their weight loss versus not. Well, I say that, but there's one other thing I would add, um, a daily movement practice. So if you have a daily movement practice and you do these four things, when you head into maintenance, you're way more likely to be successful. And they really help you to lose weight and they can be used on their own or they can be used while you're tracking calories. These are things that I use with my Fitter After 40 members. We really work on these. I have a whole unit on two of these, um, a whole module on them, and we really practice getting good at these. And I call them mindful eating practices because it takes just that. They take practice. These are not going to feel second nature. In fact, they're likely the opposite of how you're doing things now if you're a person who's been gaining weight. Okay, so let's let's hit each one of them. Number one, the first mindful eating practice for weight loss is da, 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 waiting to eat until you're hungry. And when I say that, it's important for us to differentiate between different types of hunger. There is physical hunger, like true physical hunger. There is situational hunger, and there is emotional hunger. When I say wait to eat until you're hungry, I'm talking about physical hunger. So the other two, let's get really clear on what those are. Situational hunger, it's like, oh, I feel hungry because I feel hungry because I smell cinnamon buns. I feel hungry because I see gooey cheese. Like I'm watching TV and I see this person and they just cut into their grilled cheese sandwich and they're opening those two pieces of bread. And why does it look like that? <laughs> All that drippy, yummy cheese. Like I feel hungry for a grilled cheese sandwich. Situational hunger can also be things like the time on the clock, right? It is 6.15 p.m. That means it is time to eat. We do these things and don't check in with ourselves to see, do I feel physical hunger? So those situational hunger. Then we can talk about emotional hunger. And I think you probably have a good idea what this is. I'm sad. I need food. I'm stressed. I need food. I'm angry. I want food. I'm bored. I want food all of these things, any emotion that's leading us to eat. Neither of those things, situational hunger nor emotional hunger, are necessarily bad. They just might not lead to you getting the results that you're looking for. And when you're very aware of the reason that you're eating and can say to yourself, all right, it is not serving me most of the time to eat situationally, to eat emotionally. I'm going to wait until I am hungry physically. And then we have to part, pick apart what does that actually mean? Because a lot of times people will have some physical um, sensation and count it as, oh, that must mean I'm hungry. Like I'm low on energy. I'm tired. I have a headache, right? Or some sensation in their mouth. And they think, oh, that means I'm hungry. Hunger is an empty, hollow sensation in your midsection, in your stomach, in your belly, whatever you want to call it there. When you have that empty, hollow sensation, sometimes that sensation is accompanied by growling, kind of that gnawing, kind of growling feeling or sound. It doesn't have to be, but sometimes it is. But it definitely has that empty, hollow feeling. That is hunger. Waiting to eat until you feel that sensation. And in fact, for weight loss, waiting, sitting with that feeling for 30 to 60 minutes after can be an incredible way 
to get into a calorie deficit when we use it in combination with the next practice I'm going to give you, when we kind of use these as two bookends, can be a great way to set up a calorie deficit without ever having to count calories. And even when you are counting calories, waiting to eat until you're hungry is an incredible practice because again, it's going to help you in that weight maintenance phase. If you are a person who has become adept at waiting to eat until your body is hungry physically, that is going to help you maintain your weight. Okay. So that is mindful eating practice. Number one, wait to eat until you're hungry. If this bothers you, if you are nervous about that, I would ask you to question why. Why does the idea of waiting till you're hungry make you nervous? Oh, my dogs are going crazy. Somebody is, somebody's at my door. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to ignore them. So why does waiting till you're hungry make you feel nervous? What is it about it? Are you worried um, that you're going to be hangry? Are you concerned because in the past you don't like how that feels? Are you worried? Maybe. And this could be something that you might need to talk to a therapist about. Perhaps you were a person maybe in childhood that you grew up in a home where food was scarce. And right now it just feels safer to always eat before you have that feeling of hunger. And those are things that you really might need to work with with a therapist. For a lot of people, we just eat when food is available because it's a habit. And so getting comfortable with the idea, and here's the phrase I like to use, hunger is not an emergency. Hunger is not an emergency. Remind yourself of that, and that can actually be a really good mantra for you to use, that hunger is not an emergency because we've really um, kind of conditioned ourselves to make it be an emergency, and we prevent it all the time, right? Um, I bet right now, if you looked in your purse, in your car, in your desk drawer, you'd find snacks. Right? We do this all the time. We put snacks everywhere. Why? What do we always say? Just in case. I would ask you to push back at that thought in your brain. In case of what? In case I get hungry, right? Where do you live that you can't access food? Right? That's the question to ask. Right now, if I got hungry when I was out, I could easily access food. I don't need a protein bar in my purse. I could easily access food. And so trusting one, that you have access to food and two, that you're going to be okay if you're hungry for a little bit. The way I like to think about this, and I learned this from Georgie Fear, who I talked about a lot on this program before. Um, she talks about comparing hunger to feeling tired, to yawning. When you yawn, do you ever panic and think, I got to get to bed? Where's the bed? Where am I? Where I got to go to sleep? I got to take a nap right now. Is that ever your knee jerk reaction to the sensation of yawning? It's not, right? Most of the time when we yawn, what do we think? We don't even notice it. Like we yawn all the time without thinking a darn thing. If we start yawning a lot, we might think things like, oh, yeah, I did not go to bed on time last night. It's been a rough week. I've been really short on sleep. Maybe I'm not going to go out tonight, or maybe I'm going to make sure I'm in bed a little bit early, those kinds of things. But it doesn't kind of incite this feeling of panic of like, must fix this now that hunger does. And so reminding yourself that hunger is a bodily cue, much like a yawn, letting us know that at some point in the future, we're going to want to get food but it's not an emergency and it doesn't have to be right now.
Okay, so that's mindful eating practice number one. Wait to eat until you're hungry. Use that in combination with this next one, like I said, like bookends, and that is stopping your eating when you feel satisfied. This can also be a tricky one. One, because we so often aren't paying attention as we're eating to how we feel. And so we blow past satisfied until we get to stuffed. How often do you eat and all of a sudden you feel your stomach feels that heavy, pushing against your clothes, uncomfortable, you wanna unzip your pants, you wanna lay down and take a nap, you definitely don't wanna get up and walk, right? That kind of stuffed feeling. What we wanna do is stop before stuffed. We wanna stop it satisfied. So you've had just enough. That's what we're looking for is just enough. Okay, well, how do you do that? One of the best tips I can give you is to eat slowly. Slow down your eating. And we're going to talk in the next two practices I'm going to give you in a minute are going to be other things that in addition can really help you be able to create the time and space to eat just till satisfied. So we'll talk about those more later. Start paying attention when you're eating. Pay attention to the level of hunger you have going into the meal and start noticing the gradations there. So think about it on a scale. On one end, we have famished. Like think of a time where you just maybe like had to fast for a blood test or maybe you fast for religious purposes or who knows what it is, but you just hadn't eaten in a really long time. That incredible sense of hunger, that's on one end of the scale. All the way over on the other side would be super stuffed like after Thanksgiving stuffed, right? You, you get those feelings, right? You understand what it feels like to be super stuffed. You understand most likely what it feels to be incredibly hungry. We're not ever looking for either of those two extremes. Going from that far extreme of I'm so hungry, when we start eating, right? We start eating, we start eating. We go through gradual parts of I'm still hungry, I'm still hungry. And we get to the part where I feel satisfied. I could eat some more bites but I definitely have that absence of hunger now. If we keep going and we keep eating, there's still gonna be some room there. There's still gonna be some time for more bites before we start hitting, that's enough. And frankly, there's still some time because if we're eating fast, it takes our brain time to recognize that our stomach is full. So it's really easy to blow into, oh, now I'm uncomfortably full. So we wanna stop back in that, I could eat more, but I feel satisfied. That's what we're looking for. Now, one of the hurdles to this one is the fact that so many people, especially women and men, people in the generation um, that are 40 and over, um, that we are members of the Clean Plate Club. And maybe even some of the younger generation, depending on what their parents teach them. I know my, my husband is very much a Clean Plate Club eater, and he's always praising my kids for cleaning their plate. And I'm always coming behind and saying, that's nothing to be proud of. You don't have to clean your plate. <laughs> so we have good-natured debates about the Clean Plate Club uh, at dinner frequently in my home. We, a lot of us were brought up with this idea of you have to clean your plate. My dad was very big, especially when we went out to eat. He would always say, you asked for it. I bought it. Now eat it. <laughs> That's what he would always tell me. And looking back, I'm thinking that, that was probably that was probably not the best advice from my dad, but that was his approach to it. And I think a lot of people were raised in that kind of manner, that you eat the food you have selected, you eat the food that has been given, you eat the food that is on your plate. Many people 
um, actually were brought up with the idea of there are starving children in this world. And somehow what you do or do not eat is going to impact these starving children, right? Um, I once had many people write in, in a post that I had done about this idea of getting rid of our Clean Plate Club membership and tell me stories about their growing up years. And there were some people who said like, yeah, like my parents would bring out National Geographic magazine and show us pictures of literal starving children, literal starving children in an attempt to guilt us into eating our food. That has a lasting impact. That absolutely has a lasting impact. And so starting to question, why do I feel the need to clean my plate? Is it my upbringing? Is it not wanting to waste? And that is an admirable thing. But there's definitely other things you can do besides overeat when you're in an attempt to not waste, right? So there are other things you could do. What could you do? You could take that food and share it with somebody else. You could take that food home and eat it another time. You could give that food to your dog. You don't have to choose uh, either I eat this food or I'm a wasteful person. And in fact, I think it's also good to remind yourself that you can be wasting food by eating it. If your body does not need that energy, and if you are actively pursuing the goal of losing weight, you are wasting your time, possibly your money. If you're working with a coach or in some kind of program, you are wasting your time and your money if you are eating food you are not hungry for. So remind yourself, the Clean Plate Club is not where it's at. We are working on turning in our membership to the Clean Plate Club, okay? And that is not something that's gonna go easily. And that is something you're going to practice your way towards. And another reason people really don't like to do, um, to leave bites left behind on their plate when they're eating out is they feel like it's a waste of money. And so again, thinking about ways that you can make it not be a waste of money, bringing it home, feeding it to your friends, sharing things, all of these things that can help you so that you are honoring your body's natural fullness cues are going to be really important to help you both lose weight and maintain that weight loss in the future. Okay, so we've talked about waiting to eat until you're hungry. We've talked about eating until you're satisfied, not stuffed. Let's go on to the next one, which is eating all food seated and plated or bold, however you wanna say it. Seated and in a proper um, utensil. Do we call place utensils? That's more forks and knives. A, a, a proper place setting item. Okay, how does this help? Well, when we're talking about being mindful, we want to make sure that we are paying attention to what we're eating. It is really easy to blow through a ton of food throughout the day without even noticing it if we do not train ourselves to sit at a table and eat off of a plate or out of a bowl. This looks like standing at the fridge and munching on food that's there while you have the door open. This looks like standing at the counter and eating out of an open package. This looks like um, taking food, um, you know, from your kids' uh, plates and walking around the kitchen and you're eating them. This looks like eating at your desk while you're working. This, this is like eating in your car. All of these things. These are not easily uh, tracked, even if we're not using a tracking app, but just tracked by us. I call it food amnesia. When we get to the end of the day and we forget all the things we've eaten, they're just not even registering. 
So when we take that and make it very intentional, I'm not saying like, let's say you even ate the exact same things. If you took them out of the packages, boxes and bags out of the fridge and you put them on a plate or in a bowl and sat yourself down at the table, you're going to be able to one, really gauge that level of satisfaction where you're at and you're going to become aware of how much food you're eating. So many people come to me saying like, I barely eat. Like I do not eat hardly any calories at all. I'm definitely at X number. And they throw out some low number. Like I'm definitely at 1200 and I'm not losing weight or I'm gaining weight. And I know for a fact that that's not what's happening because that's just literally not how it can work. And the question is, how do we help them find the extra calories? And one of the big places we find those calories are in where they're eating when they're not seated at a table with the food on their plate. And they're always surprised to realize just how many calories a day they were eating without paying attention while they're making dinner, while they're packing the kids' lunches. All of these things, they add up. So we bring on this step of intentionally putting any food we're gonna eat, yes, even if it's just a couple of crackers, we put it on a little saucer, we sit at the table. And then our last one is we eat it undistracted. We pay attention when we're eating. That is mindful eating habit number four, mindful eating practice number four. We eat undistracted. Even if it's the two crackers on the saucer sitting at the table, it's on that plate, then we pay attention. What do I mean by this? Well, let me tell you some of the what I don't mean. I don't mean watching TV while eating. And I don't mean on your phone, on Instagram or on TikTok while you're eating. And I don't mean on your phone um, playing solitaire while you're eating, putting the phone away, keeping the TV off. Obviously, I'm not suggesting you always eat alone and you're like, family, don't eat with me. I have to be undistracted. I'm not talking about familiar com- familial conversation, but I am talking electronic devices, books, televisions, those kinds of things, because we want you to be paying attention to your food. We want you to be understanding how much you're eating. We want you to be savoring this experience, really tasting it and cueing into how hungry you are and how satisfied you are. Okay. So those are the four things we've got wait to eat until hungry. We've got eat till satisfied, not stuffed. We've got eat all of your food seated and plated, and we've got eating undistracted. You could choose just one of these to get started. Any one of these, pick any one of them and start working on that. Once you start feeling more comfortable with that particular one, add in the next one. You can practice these one habit at a time. If you want to add these in to calorie tracking, this all works. The only one, if you're like, wait, how does that work? Like I should only eat when satisfied till satisfied. What if I've already logged my calories and I've logged, I'm having X number of, you know, grams of yogurt, but now I'm, I actually stopped feeling hungry before I got to that. That's okay. Always let how hungry or satisfied you are gauge how much you eat, not how much you pre-logged. So if you pre-logged, I'm eating 200 grams of yogurt and you were satisfied at 150, change what is on the log, not how much you eat. Okay, that's really important. What trumps what is very important. And what always trumps what's in your calorie tracking app what your macros should be is how your internal cues are telling you you feel. All right. So, and otherwise the rest of these fit really well. 
into calorie tracking, like waiting to eat till you're hungry. If you're tracking your calories, it doesn't matter on the app, like when you eat those, obviously eating seated and plated and eating undistracted do not contradict with eating um, with calorie tracking. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you want help with with learning how to institute these into your life, how to practice these, joining Fitter After 40 is a great place to do that. We have one full module, module three. Yes, it's module three, where we really go in deep with these habits and we spend a lot of time practicing them. The doors to Fitter After 40 are opening on Monday. I almost said January. It's not January. Monday. August 29th. That is this coming Monday. If you're listening to this with the day it comes out, this is going to come out on the 25th. The doors to Fitter After 40 are going to be open for five days only from Monday, the 29th till Friday, September 1st. I believe it's the first, whatever that Friday is the first. And they close at 10 p.m. sharp on Friday. I'm getting on a plane to Alaska early the next morning and I'm not staying up late having people come in my email inbox and say like, I didn't get in, let me in now. Make sure you get in. If you wanna sign up, now is the time. We will spend eight weeks together. We will, You will get a nutrition program. You will get an exercise program. It is a six week training program that I will lead you through. It has all of the video links. It tells you exactly how to set up your exercise. We go through various hurdles that you struggle with uh, trying to lose weight and get fit in middle age, things like lack of sleep, middle age squeeze. There's a, uh, a special bonus module about menopausal belly fat and middle age belly fat. We talk all about how to integrate these habits into your life instead of squeezing yourself into somebody else's diet. This program, I only offer it twice per year and it's coming up next week and then it will be gone until spring 2023. So get in if you're ready. I'm going to put the link here um, to join. You can join. Uh, well, I'll put the link here, but you're not going to be able to get in until next Monday. Also, if you're like, I really want to know more about this, come to the free class I'm offering next week. I'm offering a free class twice on Monday and once on Wednesday. At the end of class, I'm going to tell you all about how about Fitter After 40. You can ask me any questions about it. The class is about four no BS secrets of women who've gotten Fitter After 40. And even if you end up not joining Fitter After 40, you're going to learn so much in class. And then at the end, I'm going to go deep into exactly how Fitter After 40 works, how it can help you, how it's helped other women. And you can make a really empowered decision about if you are a good fit for it or not. So come to class. I'm going to put those links here in um, the show notes as well. All right. Always great being with you. I will catch you next week on, on the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.